Hello and welcome to The Pulse, MVC's podcast to encourage and equip you for your journey of faith and to keep you in the loop on what's going on around the church. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 188 of The Pulse. David Miles here, and today we have a long-lost staff member, Sarah Goodell. <laughs> it kind of feels like that, really. It's been a long time since we've done a podcast. It has been so yeah. long, but I'm so glad that you're able to jump on today. Um, you are our next-gen director, and that encompasses a lot of different things, but one of the things that is kind of on your on, on your plate, if you will, is our FAM ministry. Now, for people that have not heard about this, maybe they missed some of the Sundays or the podcasts and things where we have talked about this before. Can you give a little bit of context for what FAM is, where it came from, and then maybe share a little bit about where we're at and where we're going? Yeah, so when we talked about the 2020 to 2025 vision, when we were in the planning process for that, we just started looking around trying to see what are the needs of our community. We want to not just be coming up with things that like we want to do, but like what are really the needs of our community? Yeah. And what we found is that King County, and particularly South King County, which is our area, is really in crisis for foster families. And so I started basically a year long going to advocacy meetings, meeting with organizations, trying to find like, why is this? Why do we have such a crisis? In an area that tends to have a little more wealth, tends to be very family-oriented, well-established, like why are we having such an issue with foster families? And what we found is that foster families really are feeling unsupported, that they they get licensed, have good intentions, they feel this call to like walk alongside these kids and these families that are in difficult situations. And because there is no safety net, there is no support network, usually within a year, they quit. They just, they close their license. And so you have these amazing people that really just need some support. Yeah. So we found, uh, we partnered with um, an agency called Olive Crest that uses a a national uh, program called Promise Serves to basically provide wraparound services for these foster families. And what that looks like is just kind of like how our small group model is, right? Our small groups are so amazing in that, you know this, from care, like sometimes we don't even know that there was even an issue with one of our with one of our members, right? Because that small group wrapped around them. They provide, step up and yeah, jump right in. They provide they provide the help. They make sure that that person is taken care of. And um, by the time it gets to us, usually they're like, "No, we're good. Just pray. Add them to the prayer list." Um, because our small groups are already set up like that. We have right. these like smaller communities within our larger community, which is just amazing. It really is. So it's just so cool to take that model and apply it to a foster family. So what does that look like for someone that is a foster family? What are some of the sorts of things that, you know, for a, a person or a group of people that want to come alongside and support them, what sort of care could they potentially be receiving? Yeah. So there's all sorts of levels, but with the we call it a care community. Mm-hmm. You go through an orientation. We just had two of those. We had one in November, and then we had one in just a couple weeks ago in February for people to get acquainted with what a care community is. But it's basically six to eight people or families coming together to wrap around a foster family, and each person takes on a very small job. So it's not an overwhelming commitment, but that whole team together provides a lot of things. So things like 
every there you'll have four people in that group that bring a meal one time a month wow. so that every Thursday that family can depend that they're not going to have to do grocery shopping they're not going to have to cook a meal prepare a meal that a meal is going to show up at their house and they can just spend time together as a family that's great there's things like providing yard work or child care like maybe you take the kids for one night so that that couple can have one dinner out by themselves to invest in their relationship, right? Because we know that strong marriages make for strong families. Absolutely. And then there's, um, we have a couple of families within our congregation that are going all the way to getting licensing so that they can provide respite care, which is overnight or weekend care. So there's some exciting things that we can be doing with that. And then there's the team leader role who helps to organize all of this. So a lot of times foster families need help but then when they ask for help, it put, gets put on them the responsibility of organizing sure. that help. So instead, we have somebody in the group that's the team leader that organizes when are people bringing meals, when are people doing laundry, when are people doing yard work. So they touch base with the family one time a month or one time a week to say, what are your needs? What can we be praying for? What do you need? And yeah. then they talk to everyone on the team. They organize it. And then people just show up. That's fantastic. That is so great. I don't want to totally put you on the spot here, but I know in the past you have kind of thrown some numbers or statistics out there. Anything that kind of stands out to you in terms of the magnitude of this problem and, and why this need is so great? Yeah, there's there's so many like depressing <laughs> Statistics, but I mean, we work so much in areas of, you know, um, homelessness with Vine Maple Place and making sure that families stay together. We work yeah. with Passage Point, families coming out of um, prison and coming back together and supporting those things. A lot of these families have had touch points with the foster care system. Sure. And if these kids don't have intervention, if these families don't have intervention, their likelihood for homelessness is really high. Mm -hmm. Their likelihood for um, ending up in our prison system, like 80% of, of um, people that are in prison were at one time in the foster care wow. system. 60% of homeless were at one time in the foster care system. So there's just this impact that happens when you're not receiving that care, when you're devalued. Mm -hmm. And the stats are so much better if we can keep families together if we can support these foster families, support reunification with biological parents, or support the other avenue, which is adoption sure. by a foster family, if we can really wrap around, we can make a huge impact, not only for like them in that moment, but that future adult that um, they feel valued, they feel, and coming from this Christian side of it, right, that we're right. bringing in the church, we're bringing in God's love, that they'll be able to see that they have value, purpose, and meaning. That yeah. like God created them for a purpose and has a plan for their life. So right. not only we get to speak into like the physical needs and like help it address real needs, but then we also get to step in with like the love and show them that like they have meaning, that they God loves them and has a plan for yeah. their life. So I just feel like the ministry and the impact just goes on and on. I yesterday I was on a call with twenty other advocacy churches that have have this program and between all of us now we're serving uh, about 20 families wow that's so amazing. to go from where we had zero people doing this maybe two years ago to as these churches have come together realize there's a problem we're all god is moving all at the same time it's just so cool to see we kind of all started at the same time and to come from like zero to now we're at 20 we're just getting ready to launch our first care community we have our first hmm. foster family who's looking for support. They're really struggling. They have three kids, one that they just adopted, one that they're trying to adopt, and one that's fostering. And so um, and we have, we already have our care community all ready to go. 
and I'm just really excited to launch this and feel like if just one if just w- one family was supported by every church in Washington, we would get rid of this issue. Every foster That's family amazing. would have a support network if we just did one. And we've already got one, and I'm excited that we have a couple of people within our congregation that are moving towards fostering themselves, and so we'll create some more care communities to wrap around them as well. That's great. And this whole thing is really... Uh, kind of undergirded by this theology of adoption. I mean, this yes. this isn't just something we're kind of doing. Like, this is really a theologically sound sort of thing. You know, we've been adopted into the family of God, and we are tangibly living this out and expressing this idea about who God is and his, his love for us for these foster families. It's an incredible, incredible thing. You've been kind of pulling together these teams to support foster families. What does what do things look like, you know, maybe six months from now or a year from now? What are some of the things that might be, you know, coming down the road? Yeah, I'm really excited to see multiple communities. Yeah. I mean, for my me, I was hoping like, you know, within the first year, maybe we'd have one and we already have one. And so now I'm like, gosh, maybe we're going to have two or three. Sure. So I'm really excited for that. And what I see is... Um, getting stories to the congregation of seeing like how we are impacting people's lives yeah. and um, really getting ourselves out in the community. I mean, that's already happening with um, people are starting to hear, you know, the amazing work that's being done here at Maple Valley Church. I mean, the congregation has been so supportive of every step of the way that we've been doing this and being able to share that with others and um, being a support to so many in the community. I, I'm hope My hope is that We'll be able to make a better connection with our um, our social services and our social workers and support them better as well, that um, they really get a positive experience of what yeah. it means to partner with a church and that we are here to love and share the burden and we care about these kids that are hurting, that um, through no fault of their own are experiencing tremendous loss and trauma and that we are here as a support and that we are here to walk alongside them and to help them and to help these kids. So I just see, I see, my hope is in the future that we would be a place that's known not as like we're just taking care of ourselves sure. because that's not who we are. We're already right. taking care. Of, we're already so involved in our community through yeah. through deacons and missions and just the people in our congregation being very active in mm-hmm. the commu- surrounding community. But this idea that not only that, but then we're just known for walking alongside with county workers and um, being seen as kind of this light in the middle of Maple Valley, I really want God's light to shine through us and the work that we're doing and just the sacrificial love of caring for people that we're not getting anything from, but we just want to share the love of God with them. It's so good. You know, prayer obviously is a huge part of this. We Amen. need to be praying for fam. We need to be praying for you, these families that are stepping up to care for foster families. In addition to that, are there are there other needs or if somebody wants to get plugged in, you know, to support a foster family? What's kind of that first step for them in terms of getting connected to FAM? Yeah, the first the first step is really doing our FAM 101, which we just had a week ago, but it's so great. Um, the Promisers program that we're using is always updating, and they're always trying to make it better. And they've actually come up now with a version that you can do online that will ask you questions throughout the orientation. So you don't actually have to wait for us to do a live orientation. So if you are interested in getting more information and we don't have a live orientation coming up soon, now we now have a digital option so people can watch the videos at their leisure and then just take the little questions as they go through. 
So that would be the first step. Um, other ways that we're hoping to support in the future, there's going to be, right now, everything's kind of shut down. It still hasn't opened back up yet. Sure. But there's, you know, there's uh, backpack drives and suitcase drives and partnering with um, some other um, agencies that do a lot for um, foster kids who are graduating out of the foster care system. So there's all sorts of fun ways that if you're not interested in being part of a care community, that there's going to be some awesome things in the future to yeah. partner and help and support. That's awesome. Well, I'm so thankful for the fact that you're able to jump back on here and, and be a part of this. It's hard, you know, masked and distance and all this to do, you know, interviews, but it's so important for the congregation to hear what's going on. And this is such an exciting aspect of our current ministry, but also what we're going to be doing as we move forward over the next, you know, however many years to come. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. If you would like to get connected with FAM, please do reach out. This is something that we really believe God has called us to as a church in an incredible way to demonstrate God's love here in this community. And we know that the need is great. We also know that we have the capacity to help meet some of that need. And so do reach out. We would love to have you be a part of FAM. I want to thank you so much for listening to The Pulse this week. And uh, if you've missed any past episodes, there are 187 of them. So uh, feel free to go back and listen to some other ones. Thanks so much for listening to The Pulse this week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.